Hi, I'm Jeff Brazier, and this is the NL Full Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full Time, and it's the it's playoff week. It's it's a time of tension, and it was a, a day and a weekend full of penalties as well, as most of the games went to penalty shootouts. We'll get on to that shortly. I'm Luke Edwards, and joining me is Chris Pratt. Hello, Chris. Hello, Luke. And also on the line is Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie. Hi, Luke. Nice to speak to you. And our special guest this week is Hungerford Town Manager Ian Herring. Hello, Ian. Hi, Luke. We'll turn our attentions back, though, to Saturday. AFC Fylde played Solihull. AFC Fylde beat Harrogate last Wednesday evening in the playoff eliminator. And they went down to Solihull probably... Not quite as favourites. I don't know what you think, uh, guys, to be honest with you, but it was one of those where I thought Solihull were probably slight favourites with the home advantage. Yeah, I think so, Luke. You, you would expect that. They've been going great guns recently, but I've also seen filed a, a lot recently as well, and they've, they've proved no pushovers, and uh, they play a great brand of football over there, and of course we spoke about it many, many times. They've got real firepower up front as it, they took that early lead and they never never let it go in the end did they? Yeah I mean I suppose equally that you'd think home advantage would have favoured Solly Hall there but um, you know they're, they're the nightmare start of a really early goal for Fylde there and, and I, I gather it was a bit of a backs to the wall effort in the, in the second half to keep um, to keep Solid Hall out but they did so and that's uh, two Wembley appearances two weeks in a row yeah Tim Flowers I know I saw the interview with Tim Flowers and Darren Carter after and they both said look whatever's whatever's happened it's still been a fantastic season for them and, and they're not going to feel sorry for themselves really and so they shouldn't no absolutely not I mean I think Solid Hall they themselves have said that most people probably tip them to be favourites for relegation, and whether they've used that to to be extra fuel to their fire, I don't know. But yeah, they, they've had a uh, they've had a fantastic season, really. They went, they went quite deep into the FA Trophy, you know, to finish second in the league's a, a fantastic achievement. And they's, they're bound to be disappointed they, that you could argue they've fallen short a little bit. But who in their right mind expected them to be there? Ian, just looking at it from afar, I mean, Solihull Moors about seven or eight years ago, were similar to, to where Hungerford are. They were, they were struggling down near the bottom of the National League North, smallish crowds, and they've just seemed to have got in some investment and they've just really taken off and gone up and up and up and up. And it's been an amazing rise for them, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Um, obviously, they've come quite a long way in a short space of time and um, the, the job Tim Flowers is doing down there is outstanding. Like you say, they were, they were probably tipped for relegation this season, but the cup run as well and then to fin- finish second in the league. Is um, is no, nothing short of remarkable, and just just um, just shows how good a manager Tim is. On to the second semi final now to play Fylde. It was between Salford and Eastley. Now, if you haven't heard the special at the match that I did, I went to Wrexham versus Eastley on Thursday night. So. If you subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify, you will have got that on your device. So give that a quick listen. It's only 15 minutes long. You can see what happened. It was Eastley who got through against Wrexham, and it was a smashing grab. But they went to Salford yesterday, and he certainly wasn't smashing grab from them. They they went out and attacked Salford. Salford attacked them back, and it was a game of two set pieces, two-headed goals. It went all the way to penalties, and eventually Salford prevailed as Chris Neal saved Chris Sobraski's penalty. And as I said on Twitter at the time, and as you'll hear in the interviews, neither side deserved to lose. And I put that part across when I caught up with Ben Strevens at the end of the game. Well, Ben, we spoke about on the Thursday night after the Wrexham game that the heart and passion you showed, and we wondered if you could do it again. And, and boy, did you, I mean, overriding emotion must be disappointment, but also proud as well. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm gutted for the boys just because of how much they put in, you know, to... Um to go extra time against Wrexham away on a Thursday night and then go extra time against Salford on a Sunday and um, to lose by a kick of a football and a penalty, you know. It's, um, it's yeah. a cruel game, it is a cruel game, but that's why we love it so much, you know. When it's high and it goes for you, it's amazing, you know, they're really happy. Um, when it don't go for you, it's a horrible feeling, but um, I'm so proud of every one of them, I'm proud of the whole group, you know, not just the players, the staff and everyone at the football club. What impressed me is the way you came and took the game to Salford today as well. You didn't sit back, you didn't try and soak it up to extra time, you came out and attacked them and you gave them something to really think about. You know, they scored the goal just before half time and I said to the boys, you know, don't get downbeat, don't, don't get stressed with it, just believe in what we do and you'll get chances and big moments happen for big players and Maka did that, he scored the header and then... Um, 
yeah, we had a couple of other moments, you know, that could have gone for us today. You know, I think the keepers pulled off a couple of good saves, and um, on another day we'd have probably beat them. Um, and against a lesser side, we'd have probably beaten the way we played the second half. But um, they're, they're a good side as well, you know. And credit to them. Um, I wish them all the best of luck next Saturday. How were you prepared for this game? Because you kept coming and coming and coming. We thought you were going to get tired, and you just kept going and going. That's nothing to do with uh, me as a manager or tactics or anything like that. You know, that's just their togetherness and their team spirit and their um, work rate for each other. We uh, we got back at half five in the morning after the Wrexham game because we had a problem with Joey's ankle. We had to stop her for a hospital. They haven't trained for two days. They've literally gone from beating Wrexham, turned up here today. And um, wow. listen, that's hard going. It is, it is what it is. You know, we we finished seventh, so they deserve that advantage. You know, do I think the format of it's right? Probably not. You don't get much time in between yeah. it. But listen, I'm not going to complain about that because it used to be go down to fifth and then we wouldn't have had the chance to do what we did the last couple of games. So, um, look, I'm proud of every one of them. They couldn't give me any more today. In terms of you personally, I remember when you, uh, Andy Hessenthal left, you took over as caretaker manager. I think you lost your first game at home in the FA Cup to Hampton, Richmond, Burring. You said, what the players need to prove that they want me to have the job. And since then, they have gone out and done that, haven't they? Yeah, look, um, I was very fortunate at the time that there was no... Um, no knee-jerk decisions made when Hess left, even when we had a couple of results that didn't go for us. And um, I had a strong belief that I could work with this group and um, keep it going because we was on the right path. You know, we was working on the togetherness, the team spirit. We didn't want to make loads of changes in the summer, and we didn't. I think we only brought three or four boys in. Yeah, I was lucky that the club were patient and, and realised that I was the best man to do the job. And um, thankfully, the boys have, have proved that for me, you know. Um, Every manager is only as good as their players. You have to give them an environment where they enjoy their work and they want to come in and train every day. But um, it's, it's all them, you know. It's, that's not me. That's all them. They've, they've, they've made it easy for me this year. And next season, I'm guessing you're going to use this disappointment now to push on for next year now? Uh, I certainly hope so, yeah. Look, we're, we can't hide against it, you know. It's, it's going to be a tough summer for us now because a lot of our boys are out of contract. There's some of them now that are going to have strong interest from other clubs just because of how well they played, you know. So it's going to, we're going to have to let the dust settle see what happens with the squad, try my hardest to keep as many of them as I can and get ready for another big challenge next year. You know, it's, it's a hard, hard league, you know, and um, seen last year with Aldershot losing in the playoffs and Bournemouth, you know, and they've struggled this year. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're certainly be hoping we try and be more like a few of the other teams that have had a little bit of a disappointment last year and then come back stronger. You know, I was, when I was at Barnet as a player, I, um, I lost to Shrewsbury in um, the playoffs semi-final on pennies. And then next year we won it. So, yeah. listen, if, if that can happen, that would be amazing. But um, that was a special group. I believe I've got a special group here as well. It's just um, got to try as hard as I can to keep them all together. That's my job now. Well, Ben, so close, but thanks very much for joining us. And commiserations. No, no Cheers. Worries, and that was Eastleigh manager Ben Strevens. Guys, I was just saying, I was really impressed with how Eastleigh approached it. And 48 hours after playing away at Wrexham as well, to go out and do what they did. They hadn't trained in between. It was a quite incredible effort for me, and they just fell short, a penalty kick short in the end. Yeah, Luke, I mean, it's a, it's an amazing achievement, that, isn't it? And I think Salford would have been certainly fancying the chances, and although they wouldn't have admitted it, you know, they would have thought that Eastleigh would be a little bit tired. I was just going to turn host for a second and ask you a question, because you were at the game yesterday. Did... Did the was there a feeling in the ground from the the Salford fans? Were they getting restless? Did they think that it was perhaps going to be an, an easier game than what it was in the end? Yeah, especially in the second half, there was a lot of restlessness about. But that was down to Salford not really moving the ball quickly. I mean, I was quite amazed really that Graham Alexander didn't bring on a forward earlier. He had Devante Rodney on the bench, who's back from his loan spell at Halifax, and he had he had Rory Gaffney on the bench. It was a case of it. He was just playing Rooney and Dusaruve up front, and it was quite easy to defend about and then, to, to defend against. And then when they brought on Danny Whitehead, Whitehead's a bit like Lampard-esque, where he'll be shooting from 25 yards, 30 yards out, and he was forcing Luke Southwood in the Eastley goal to make some saves, and they were pushing Eastley back. But then Eastley would come again. Then just when you think they're struggling, they're tired, they come again and find another burst from somewhere and force Chris Neal into a couple of saves. And this was how the pattern went, even through extra time. You thought that Salford had come out the blocks, you think they're going to get a goal. The crowd were up and then they'd be blunted again by Eastley having a spell of possession. And I think the one advantage in the end was that the penalties were taken at the Salford end. I saw a, I saw a criticism as well on Twitter where people said, oh, what a rubbish atmosphere for, um, for a semi-final, but... Believe me, those the boos and whistles when Eastleigh were going to take the penalties at Salford and were deafening. And for me, it certainly had an effect. Yeah, and uh, Paul McCallum on the score sheet, no surprise there, eh? 
No, definitely not. And he did what he did best. It was a cross into the area and he rose above everyone and pinpoint header in. I mean, he had quite a quiet game by his standards. I was really impressed with Mark Yates. He at the bar. I found out as well, Mark Yates has the most assists in Europe, never mind in England. He's got more assists than Lionel Messi, Jaden Sancho, people like that this year. 27 assists. There's a stat for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was... It was Salford who, who went on and won the game, and I caught up with their goal scorer, Cal Piergiani. Really tough battle in the end. You've ended up with a bigger goal ball on your head as well. It was uh, really tough out there in the end, wasn't it? I mean, you, you kind of just battled on, which is what you've done all season, really, which I think why everyone's so impressed with, with how you perform personally. Um, yeah, look, Eastleigh are a good side, and we know it's going to be a battle against them. Um, credit to McCallum up front, he's a good threat in the air. Um, but yeah, I thought we dealt with it well. They looked a threat from set pieces, but barring that, they didn't have too many chances. And um, credit to our lads. Um, some of the lads are the first time playing at this level, so it uh, shows a long way where the club's coming, and we've got a game now where we can hopefully get to the Football League. You, you, do you use your experience in the dressing room to maybe pull some of the younger lads along and on the pitch as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about encouraging more than anything. It's about uh, where we've struggled is when we've not played our own game and we've got sucked into other teams. Yeah. Um, so I think it's about staying cool in the minds and on big occasions like this, really settling down and still playing our football. And credit to the boys that did that. I thought we was the better team over the 120 minutes and uh, I think we did deserve to go through. Double figures for goals. I mean, what, what is it? Is it just knowing where the ball's going to land or is it just wanting it more than other people maybe in that situation? Yeah, you don't expect to score 11 goals, but the, the quality we've had on deliveries has been unbelievable yeah. this year and it's just a delight to go and attack. And I think another day, another season, you can miss them and end up on six and sometimes they go in. So I think I've just worked on heading the ball down and trying to score, but the majority of it comes from the delivery. Ball's like that today. It's so hard for their defenders to mark it and it's an easy one for you to go and attack. Filed now, different type of test to Eastley today. Yeah, absolutely. We know how good file to be and it's, it's set up really, really perfectly because obviously we've beat them and they've beat us this year. So it's a really interesting tie. Two very good teams and two teams who can be a serious threat. So it's, I mean, you look at it, it's anyone's you can't call it at the moment. So we're just going to work hard, do our job and hopefully come out on top. Best of luck, Carl. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank Cheers. Nice one. And that was Carl Pierre Jan and he had a massive bruise on his forehead, but... Chris, you know all about him. He's an absolute warrior, isn't he? Well, he's a rock, isn't he? He's an absolute rock, and um, no surprise that he's turning up in a, a lot of people's teams of the season because he's he's a, he's some player. He's a fantastic. Yeah, not many people get past him. Yeah, and he scored his eleventh goal the season as well in that playoff semi final. And, and as you heard in the interview, something they asked him about was his goal scoring now. And it just it's one of those seasons where it just seems to be falling for him. I also managed to catch up with the Salford manager as well, Graham Alexander, who's looking forward to the final. Graham, tension throughout the game. I, I was a neutral, even I was feeling the tension. It, I, I mean, I, I put out on Twitter. Neither side, neither side felt like. You felt like they deserved to lose after that. It was such a tight, yeah. tense game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, you know, I think both teams and both clubs committed everything to the to the game. I thought, um, you know, it, it was uh, wafer thin between the two teams at the end. You know, came down to penalties. I thought we had the better of the the chances, or the more of the chances, but they still had their their moments um, in front of goal. Um, and you know, it has to be settled one way or another, and uh, it comes down to penalties. But um, you know, recently we've had a fantastic season, as have all the other clubs that have finished in the top seven. Um, we're just delighted to to get to the final to, to play forward, which will be a, a, a real tough, but I'm sure it'll be a good game. Now, you're an expert at penalties yourself. I mean, do you give the players any advice? Because they did belt most of them, didn't they? And they went, all went, uh, gave the keeper no chance in a lot of them. Uh, no, listen, we, we, we practiced during the week, and obviously I'm, so I'm a manager who coaches, so yeah. you know, I, I don't just coach penalties, I coach everything, but you know, it's down to the, the player to have his personal preference, uh, how he feels, um, and, uh, and to go down it. Listen, I don't take the penalties, they go yeah. up, and it's, it's a, a real individual job once you're on that spot, um, but I thought they were magnificent, I really did, and including you know, Chris Neal in goal. Um, fantastic way to win a game did they put their hands up the, the players who took the penalties were they like we want to take them or do you have a preference to say I think you five should take them yeah we well we decided uh, we you know we all practiced them all, all through the week the, the whole squad and um, and then we decided uh, who was going to take 
which penalty and uh, you know we had another list you know after the the five you know we, we I thought we had um competent penalty takers good penalty takers to to go after that five you know and uh, but you know delighted they didn't get that far because you know we we wanted to win so um now really pleased for the players they've been magnificent all season but uh one more hurdle left. I was going to say, I guess, how will it feel for you leading that team out there? You won't want to just go there, wear a nice suit and uh, turn up for the occasion. You want to go there and win now, but how will it feel you leading the team out at Wembley? Well, I'm incredibly proud to, to lead this group of players. I said that in my programme notes today, that uh, I'm proud of being given the responsibility to lead this group of lads. The, the staff as well have been superb and um, everyone deserves that opportunity to, to go to Wembley and, and see their club or, or play for their club uh, or work for their club um, and we're looking forward to it but you know we all know from our experiences that um, it's a game to win it's not a game to get beat because uh, you know in the finality of it but uh, you know it's two good teams it'll be a tough competition but we're, we're looking forward to the opportunity Graham, cheers, thanks. And that was Graham Alexander, and as he said, one more game for him, Chris, one more game, and, and like Dave Challenger will be feeling, he doesn't want to go there and lose. No, of course not, and it's going to be some day, isn't it? I mean, we've we've followed these clubs for the last four or five years, and they were nowhere near where they are now, so for one of them to be getting into the into the football league is, is quite unbelievable, and... Um, you know, when I very first went to AFC File behind the pub at Kellermer Park, um, and they had um, they had those banners up saying, you know, League League Twenty Twenty Two, that's our target. And you you went and you thought, well, I'm not really sure, but uh, they're one step away now. File, of course, have been to the uh, uh, Wembley final before when they were Kirkham and Weston. They got to the FA Vars final. So they, did they, they know all about that before the actual the investment came in and became AFC file and things like that? So they'll be going out there and as and as Dicky said, they'll be there twice in a month. So they'll, they'll go there and save it. Dave Challoner was at the game on Sunday, so it'll be interesting to see what his thoughts were on it. We're hoping to get to the pre-match press conferences as well for the two teams when we do our playoff final special podcast next weekend. Now the game was brought; both games have been broadcast live on BT Sport. So after the game, and everyone had packed up and gone, I caught up with the pitch side reporter for BT Sport, and he's been on the podcast before, Jeff Brazier. So we are at the end of the game with uh, Jeff Brazier. You've been doing it for BT Sport, and that was a crazy game. It just got better and better as it went on. And I said, it, it felt like it, it shouldn't have been a loser today, should there? Uh, no, I think you look at the fact that Eastleigh have played extra time at yeah. Wrexham and then they've had to do another 120 a day and, and you really couldn't tell. Such was their, I think, amazing attitude towards yeah. it. I mean, in terms of the game, it, it, the ball spent a lot, a lot of time in the air for me <laughs> yeah. personally. But again, it, there's so much on this game. Sometimes yeah. the, the quality does sort of go out the window. But then you've got Pier Gianni doing what he does best, <laughs> McCallum doing what he does best as well. And um, it looked, at some point, actually, it looked like Eastleigh were potentially going to yeah. do it. They were definitely taking the game to Salford. I don't know where they got the energy from in that second half at all. We thought they're going to get tired now, they're going to get tired. And then they kept coming again, didn't they? Well, they went to a cryogenic chamber. They didn't get to try. <laughs> but they did go and stick their legs in something that I don't understand and um, that clearly helped them but again I, I think your, your mental aptitude can take you a long way um, and yeah they, they had that easily and if they had a one today you wouldn't have begrudged them at one second really No definitely not but Salford I think shooting in front of that home crowd the penalties was just that little edge for him in the end it spooked easily a little bit I think by the end yeah, but Eastley didn't miss the target, you know, Rooney oh. did. Um, so if it spooks anyone, it, it was it was him, and he's gone and injured himself, so he won't be uh, fit and available for Wembley. But that said, um, you know, that's not an area or a department that they struggle for for bodies. Uh, I'm not sure if Matt Green would be eligible. No, I, I don't, whether it spooks Eastley or not, I, I think that uh, Zabrowski's penalty, the last one, a decisive one, was a good pen. Just yeah. tucking it right yeah. inside the post, and, and the keeper just uh, yeah. just got to it. You've seen both sides a lot this year. It's going to be a tight one to call. Both teams with big ambitions, aren't they? And uh, difficult one to call, I suppose, now, isn't it? You'd maybe give Salford slight favourites, I think. No, I'd say that there's nothing in it whatsoever between the two. Yeah. Um, Fylde, I'll, I'll give them, they are much harder to break down and score against than they were last year. A different proposition in that sense. They, they've, they've had to um, go through a, a lot of uh, pressure in, in both the Harrogate game um, and the other game as well. So I'd, I'd say that they would feel that they could keep Salford out. 
Brilliant. Nice one. Well, we'll see you at the final, Jeff. And that was Jeff Brazier, and, and he did he did cut me down a little bit. I made Salford slight favourites, and Jeff was like, oh, I don't think there is a favourite. It's too close to call. I mean, what do you guys think? I, th- I think it is a tough one to call. Both, both teams have come a long way in a short space of time again. I, I used to play for Northwich, and Nathan Pond was at Fleetwood at the time, and he's taken them through, through the leagues. And um, he's there at Salford now, and he's got a lot of experience. So for me, Salford are just edge it. But again, Fylde have come come a long way in a short space of time, and kind kind of trying to emulate Fleetwood. Um, so it, for sure, it'd be a close game. But um, Salford are my slight favourite. Yeah, it, Salford having finished higher in the league, you would think they would be favourites. But of course, there's no home advantage with this final now, and and with it being a Wembley game, I suppose there's an element of of who handles that occasion better as to you know, who might come out on top on the day. So, as I said, me and Rob will be down at Wembley next weekend and we'll have a very special playoff podcast out for you. So, make sure you're listening to that. So, without further ado, let's move on to the National League North playoffs. Hi, I'm Hakan Hayrit and you're listening to the NL full-time podcast. And in the National League North, well, it was fair to say... It wasn't exactly uh, (laughs) an entertaining day in the playoffs. You were both at the playoff games, though, which was great, and... What I'll do is I'll um, I'll let Chris take up the story at Charlie, and uh, he did this little audio piece for us. And I'm here with Brian Flynn, uh, media officer at Altrincham FC. It's a it's a lovely day today, Brian. You've made it this far. You won your quarter final in midweek. What are your thoughts on today's game? In some ways, a little bit of a, a bonus game because uh, I think most Altrincham fans absolutely delighted to get through on on Wednesday night. But it was such a tense evening, and, and Blythe played so well. But I think we realised that today's a little little bit of a bonus. So, yeah, that could work either way. You know, it could help us in terms of being relaxed or whatever. I'm sure Phil Parkinson won't be relaxed and the players will be, but you never know. But I, I think there's less pressure on us today than there was on Wednesday night when we were expected to win. I've got to say, we came up against the Blythe Spartan side that was superb on the night. So, and you know, in the end, we managed to deal with them and we, we got round to it. But it took a long time to get into the game. Now the PA system's doing its best to drown us out, but we'll keep on going. Do you think Altrincham play a real attacking brand of football? Now this is a real difficult place to come and play that because Chorley try and nullify that quite a lot and do it very effectively. Do you think they'll change the game plan today? No, I don't. Um, I mean, Chorley play three at the back with with two two wing backs effectively, and. Um, we quite like playing against that system. Now, when we played here in the league in January, it was a very interesting game. Um, first half, we literally ran the game and surely couldn't deal with us. We took Max Harrop scored, we took a one-goal lead. Uh, we, we should have been at least two goals, probably three goals uh, up at half-time. Fair play to Chorley. In the second half, they came out and they absolutely had the... They did only have five clear-cut chances, but they scored four goals from that and they played very, very well. And interestingly enough, one of the players who had a nightmare first half but was probably the, the game-changer for them in the second half was Adam Blakeman, the left-back, because we really exposed him in the first half. He couldn't deal with John Johnson. But the second half, they had the ball, he got forward, and we couldn't deal with him. Um, and if you let Shirley get at you, they're very, very dangerous. So any, I think anything could happen today. I think I think we could win comfortably. I think Chorley could win comfortably. Um, it could be a really tight game. I mean, generally playoffs are fairly tight, so you would expect it to be a bit, a little bit tense on on both sides. But um, no, I think I think we've got we've got every chance today. But you know, Chorley second in the league, top of the table for most of the season. So you know, they're going to be favourites. Enjoy the game. Okay, I'm here with Alex Birch, head of media at, at Chorley. And here we are again, Alex. I mean, it's a big game today. You had uh, a lot of time to prepare for it. You should be fresher than than Altrim. They played in midweek. You didn't. What are your thoughts on today's game? Quietly confident, I think. I think I said to you before, the home record is is one that's pretty enviable across the entire league. Um, 15 wins out of 21 games. Um, obviously, we beat Altrincham here in January, relatively comfortably in the end, with a bit to spare. And I think, yeah, I think it's good. Should be a, should be a good afternoon again. Yeah, and um, we know Altrincham playing an attacking brand of football. You nullified um, Stockport um, when you played them recently, and that day went went well. Do you think you'll have the similar tactics today? <laughs> it's difficult to say because obviously, three weeks ago when we went to Moss Lane, they put five past us, and although we had a couple of personnel changes and a, a few injuries and what have you you know we still conceded five goals against them so you know they've they've got the best attacking 
fourth in the league for a reason, and they'll obviously be very confident coming here, having having put five past us. Um, but again, I'd go back to the game in January and say, with our full team at home, we only conceded one and scored four. I think I'm, I'm relatively confident. I was going to say to uh, put your neck on the line <laughs> here. Are you going to go through to far? Are you going to get up? <laughs> are you going to go up through the playoffs this season? I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Alex. And out come the teams onto the pitch at Victory Park. You've got Chorley led out by Captain Andy Teague. Altrincham led out by Captain Jake Malt. Tons and tons of Chorley fans over to the left of me. Altrincham are packed out there and to the right of me. They've got the red and black flags flying. It's going to be a cracking game. Players are just shaking hands and getting ready to kick off. Chances at a premium here at Victory Park. And the both teams go into the break and it's nil-nil. It's been quite a cagey affair. There was... One Andy Teague had a very early on that was straight at Alty keeper Anthony Thompson and then Joshua Hancock had a golden opportunity eight yards out and skied it but that's about the sum total. It's been quite a hard-fought game. There was one particular moment when Jordan Hume was down for quite a long time and the ball didn't go out. He then got hit again in... And uh, the referee had to stop play for a, for a couple of minutes. But at the half-time break, it's Chorley nil, Altrincham nil. And we have a goal here, and it's Joshua Hancock who sprung an offside trap. He made no mistake, and he's just slotted the ball past Matt Irwin into the bottom corner. And it's almost against the run of play. Chorley were the more aggressive team in the, in the second half, but it's Altrincham who have the lead. And Charlie have equalised, it was a long throw by Blakeman, headed on by Andy Teague, looked like it was going in the far corner until Josh Wilson made sure he's put it in. Also you've got to play in the last eight minutes with ten men, Charlie are back into it. And the whistle has just gone for the end of extra time, it's going to be a penalty shootout here. Charlie bombed on in extra time desperate to get that extra goal they just couldn't force the ball into the back of the net Alty hung on desperately needing that whistle to go for, for penalties we're going to have a penalty shoot I'm just going to wait and see which end it's going to be held in is it going to be in front of the Charlie fans to the left or the Altrincham fans to the right there'll be a toss to, to determine that and it's ended after extra time 1-1 on the noise you can hear there is the Charlie fans celebrating because Charlie have won in the penalty shootout by three goals to one. Josh Wilson burying the final penalty. Altering got themselves to blame. They missed the first three penalties that they took. And Charlie are through. They're going to be playing in the playoff final. I'm John with the victorious manager, uh, Jamie Vermiglia. Wow, how good was that? It was great to win it the way that we did is um, you know a bit of a surreal moment if you like I was trying to be as calm as I could um, throughout the penalties but it's difficult you know not to get carried away um, but it's important to show our respect to Altrincham during that you know the, it's a tough way for them to go out they've had a remarkable season coming up just last year um, so credit to the manager and the players they've really 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 challenged us today and you know if it was 11 v 11 then who knows how it would have went but credit to our boys as well they stuck in you know, there was a lot of fatigue setting in there but they, they stood strong we missed a couple of penalties Matty Irwin was just sensational so you know all in all it's a, it's a good day at the office but it's not done and dusted yet you know there's another game left Spenny Moore will be saying the same they'll enjoy their victory just like we will but um, it's a massive 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 game for us next week and you're 8 minutes from going out you got that equaliser and you took that momentum into extra time as well and it looked like you were going to push on and get a winner I felt the same you know the, the last thing I wanted today was for it to go to penalty kicks because uh, you know I feel over over the 90 minutes but potentially the better the better side that didn't show I don't think in the, in the last few performances but I thought yeah certainly when they went to 10 men we could have gone on and won it um, but that's just the way it goes I thought then in the extra time we, we did quite well we got down a side we were we perhaps could have moved the ball a little bit quicker uh, but I still think we might have had three or four um, golden opportunities and unfortunately we couldn't put it in the back of the net they were just wide or the keeper made a save but it's the way it goes sometimes isn't it just got to keep plugging away and the lads didn't stop so made up for them practice penalties and when those first four happened and all were saved you must have been thinking what's going on here but then the last three came up stepped up and did the business <laughs> we practiced penalties on Thursday night and honestly they were the best penalties I've ever seen in my life I did say to the boys good penalties take confidence but would you be the same with the fans around and to be fair to their fans they made it really difficult um, 
but Matty made it difficult for them as well with his movements and stuff and you know just touching the bar passing them the ball just putting that extra bit of pressure on you know Matty's had a fantastic season he's a great shot stopper and he, he deserves the accolades because I don't think he always gets them uh, you know it's the boys that are scoring but he's he's been sound for us all season we've had 19 clean sheets and uh, mass, massive massive part of this football club now I'm really delighted that we've got him next year and potentially the year after as you say it's one more game but it's going to be one more game here and this has been a fortress for you this season you're going to be playing Spennymore what are your thoughts on that one? Well Spennymore have had a, again a really really strong season they're a good side they're one of the better sides that we've played they turned us over at their place um, where we were nowhere near our best so you know, I'm confident going into it with any team and I'm not being boastful boastful like that you know all managers will say the same thing we're at home we've got a good home form so if we prepare properly and prepare, pro- play the way that we can play then I'm confident against anyone and you know it, we perhaps owe them one because if it wasn't for them we uh, we perhaps could have won the league on the final day but you know the lads will prepare properly and They'll, they'll enjoy it I've told them to really enjoy it not to get carried away but to enjoy it because if you can't enjoy a win you know what can you enjoy in football so we'll, we'll do that we'll rest up and then we'll go again through the week and I'm joined by one of the heroes of the hour here Matty Irwin Matty what what was going on in that penalty shoot uh, did you first of all did you do your homework did you know which way they were going to go can't tell you that <laughs> um, I always have a look it's always good to have a look uh, but you can't read too much into it at times um, because one of the penalty takers did actually change which way he normally went, so you can't take too much into consideration. Um, you've just got to read the run-up and then obviously calculate where he's going to go, and hope, luckily today for me, he was on the right end of the penalty shootout. Yeah. Were you getting a bit of stick behind that goal? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, but uh, it's all part and parcel of it. I was giving a bit back as well, so, I mean, like I said, it would have been probably better if we were up that end, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy all that type of stuff, and that's when I thrive, really, so the more stick they give me... Probably more, probably more fired up. I'm going to be. I was going to say, does that spur you up even more? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. always ask them. <laughs> going into the next game, you're going to be playing Spennymore. Obviously, you played them recently. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's our biggest game of the season. Next week, like I said, uh, it's, it's been great today. Obviously, for me personally and for the lads, but we've won nothing yet. Um, and I just, I just think we just need to treat it as, as look at ourselves rather than looking at them and just you know, take it from there, really. And hopefully, we do end up on the right end of the result. And last one, if it's another penalty shootout, you up for that? Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just leaving the ground now, reflecting on a really good second half and a really good extra time and an exciting penalty shootout. And uh, Charlie were fantastic uh, for the second half of the game, definitely going through extra time. They did have that man advantage after Hancock got sent off four minutes after scoring his goal. Um, they equalised Chorley with eight minutes to go of normal time and took that momentum into the extra time period and they really pressed. They had a lot of opportunities but didn't take them and then you just thought, are Altrincham going to come back into this? Are Altrincham going to win the penalty shootout, especially in front of their own fans? Do they have the psychological advantage but their execution of penalties was uh, well it was terrible actually and even though Chorley missed their first two they slotted the last three in and it'll be Chorley who go ahead to play Spennymore at home in the playoff final next weekend and that was Chris Pratt who was at Chorley for us and Chris it was um it sounded like it was an attritional day in the end well I'll tell you what the, the first half wasn't much to write home about to be perfectly honest with you as both sides were well, just ner- overcome by nerves, really, I think. And um, I think I counted one shot on target, and that was a, a sort of a dolly header into the into the keeper's uh, arms by Andy Teague. Second half, Chorley really pushed on. And it was against the run of play, really, that Altrincham opened the scoring through Josh Hancock, who went on to get himself sent off again four minutes later um, for, for a straight red and a, and a dangerous challenge. And, and that really changed everything, to be honest, because um, it meant Chorley could bomb on, and Chorley really did right throughout the, the rest of the second half. Right, They got the equaliser eight minutes before full-time. They were bombing on right in the uh, extra time, first half and second half. They had... So many shots that were just wide. In the end, when it went to the penalties, you thought, well, Altrincham might have the upper hand here because it was in front of the Altrincham fans. 
but it wasn't to be and the penalties were terrible really there were so many nerves um ultra commit well they had the first three saved you know all credit to matt Irwin, who i did speak to but uh charlie held the nerve towards the end and they scored their last three and uh and a through but it was a it was a nervy day i think the i think the right winners in the end and i think anyone from ultra would would agree that on the balance of play uh charlie probably did deserve to go through you said on our whatsapp group that you felt that it was harsh at the time but nobody really complained about it yeah, I thought I might have got it wrong. It was on the other side of the it was on the other side of the pitch and it just to me it just looked like a mistimed challenge for me. So I was a little bit surprised when he when he did get a straight red and apparently people were saying who were nearer the incident that it could have been um construed as a two footy challenge. But yeah, I thought a red was quite harsh, but no you know, most other people didn't didn't seem to, so I may have got that one wrong. Did it did it change the course of the game at all with Charlie already on top? Um, I think it did change the course of the game, especially as, you know, Altering had their tails up because they weathered a little bit of a storm from Chorley and then they went 1-0 up, like I say, slightly against the run of play. And then you thought, well, uh, could they kick on now? And um, there was frustration building in the crowd. A few players were getting a little bit of stick on the Chorley side because, but I think that was just the tension in the crowd. They're so desperate to go up after the season that they've had. You know, they've been on top for about 80% of the season and... Um, yeah, when certainly when they got the goal back, it felt like there was only going to be one winner, one winner on the pitch in uh, normal time and extra time. So I think it did change it, Luke. Yeah. And Ian, we you were just saying you obviously you're good pals with Andy Priest, assistant manager at Charlie and Jamie Vermigley. I mean, have you spoken to them since the the playoff semis? No, I've not spoke to them yet. Um, but yeah, I was I was at Northwich with Andy Priest as the manager, played with Jamie, um, and what a wonderful job he's done there. Um, like like what was just getting said, they've been on top for for the majority of the season, so um, they'll really be looking to go up. And um, in in my opinion, from what I've seen from afar, that they, they they'll deserve to go up. But um, like I say, what a wonderful job he's done, Jamie. So um, he's been very astute. Got Andy Priest in. He's got a lot of a um, lot of experience playing and managing in not only in league football but um, in non-league football as well. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be hoping they do finish a job and, and go up. Did you get a chance to speak to, to Jamie Vermiglo after, obviously, the, the regular season? Because it looked like after they beat Stockport County, the, they were going to go up as champions. And then they had that defeat at Spennymoor. And it take, it's, well, they've taken a lot from to recover from something like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they, were, they were fairly low. But they, it's football. Things change quick, doesn't it? And um, you've just got to get on with the next game. And... Um, and to, to sort of be on top of the league for so long and then, then lose it the way they did, it can affect people. But but knowing Andy Priest, he's been there, he's done it before, and, and a good guy Jamie is. I'm sure he'd have um, he'd have got round his troops and had a lot of fun with them and picked them up quickly. And um, I'd like I say, I hope they finish the job off and um, especially how they've responded. That I, I think they deserve to go up. In the other semi final, it was Brackley versus Spennymore and Dickie. You were there, weren't you? Yeah, it was indeed. Um, I, 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 your introduction said about the, the playoffs not being the most entertaining of games, and, and certainly the the first half was was exactly as, as Chris said, very attritional. But um, yeah, things changed in the second half, and even though we ended up with no goals, I don't think you'll ever see um, a nil nil with as much excitement, to be honest, especially in the extra time period. Yeah, and it went to it went to penalties in the end, and and it was Spennymore who prevailed and. And Dickie caught up with the victorious manager afterwards, Jason Ainsley. So, end of the game here at Brackley. I'm with uh, a very happy Jason Ainsley, spending more manager. Through to a playoff final next week. Jason, how does that feel? Probably done how I feel at the moment. You know, I was just drained, absolutely physically drained. You know, it was a, it was a monumental effort from the players. You know, to come here, I think everybody expected Brackley to, to, to roll us over. Um, we, we've not had the best outcomes every time we've come here we, you know, I think it was 4-1 early in the season and, and I think they beat us again the year before but the lads have shown immense character You know, I thought the first half was KG uh, they, they were the better side first half without a doubt but I think we come into the game second half there wasn't many chances in the game It was, you know, I think as all playoff semi-finals are a very KG affair I thought Glenn had a great chance with his header, and I, you know, I thought on the day, and then, and then, but then their their lads missed an absolute sit and nearly end, and you, you just sometimes think it's your day, and you, you start to think that. But then Rob Ramshaw, who's been outstanding for me ever since he's come to the football club, and again today I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch. 
it was just travesty that he was the one who I thought was going to, you know, miss the penalty. And you know, but I said to him in there in front of the boys, you know, if that had have happened and we'd have lost, you know, he could help hold his head up high because he's not only a fantastic player, but he's a fantastic lad. And and then as it happens, you know, when when the gods are with you, the lads put it over the bar, and we've showed, like you say, real character and, and got over the line with with two penalties. You know, both teams. You know, I think it was a. Whoever, whoever went out, it would have been tough, but like I said, uh, you know, just delighted as, as the winning manager. Absolutely, and I suppose, well, you know, got a week to prepare for a, a final against Chorley, and, you know, what's the, what's the plan now? Just Well, the plan is to have a few drinks on the bus on the way home. I think when you say we've got a week, Richard, I think it's about five days because we'll have to recover from tonight first. But like I said, we've got a lot of tight legs, we've got a lot of injured lads, we've, you know, we're missing quite a few players, you know, who've, who've been the mainstay of the football club, but the lads who've come in have, have been brilliant for us, and like I said, we, you know, we're not going there to make the numbers up again, I keep saying that. Um, and they'll have a score to settle with us, especially after we, we beat them at the last kick of the game. It's just it's surreal. That that's that's the way football sometimes happens, isn't it? But you know, we've we've earned the right to go there and I, I thought the fans were, were amazing today. I thought we you know, I think we brought about four hundred supporters, whatever, four fifty, and it felt like a home tie and you know, we've sent them five hours up the remote away, very, very happy. Okay, that's great, Jason. Congratulations on the victory today, and uh, best of luck for next week. Thank you very much. And that was Jason Ainsley, and um, not only was he chuffed, but he sounded absolutely knackered as well, didn't he, after it? Yeah, and no offence to Jason, but he, he did look it as well. He looked like he'd, he'd kicked every every ball in that 120 minutes and the penalty shootout as well. Um, and he was very honest as well. He said that you know there, was, there were phases in that game where they rode their luck, where... Brackley had their chances but didn't take them and, and where he felt that it, it was perhaps going to be their day on that basis and that's that's exactly how it, it turned out. Um, you know, credit to Spennymore because they, they didn't really come out in the, in the first half. It was very cagey but I think it was them uh, just stepping out of their comfort zone a little bit in the second half that perhaps encouraged Brackley to do a little bit more of the same and um, yeah, we, there were goal line clearances in, in the game as well. Um, uh, Carl Baker for Brackley hit the crossbar um, very late in the uh, the extra time period as well. And um, how it finished nil-nil in the end, I have no idea. But um, clearly those from Spennymore would be glad that it did because it got them through to that penalty shootout. And they just kept their nerve better. The penalties were taken in front of the Spennymore fans, which may have been a factor as well. They made a lot of noise. They travelled in good number all the way down from the northeast. Yeah, they, they really enjoyed their victory. And you caught up with the National League North Player of the Year, Glenn Taylor. And with the National League North Player of the Year, Glenn Taylor, after spending more time, have progressed uh, to the playoff final today. Glenn, how does that feel? Yeah, incredible. Um, we knew really looking at the draw as soon as we got past uh, Bradford Park Avenue that coming to Bratley is not an easy place to come, you know. So I think we've just stayed in the game. We think we've rode our luck really second half of extra time. Um, but you know, if we're together, group, we, we stuck in, worked hard for each other, and then obviously kept the nerve on the penalties. and through at the final of the goal. Sure, you had a few chances in that game as well, didn't you? Just one or two? Yeah, yeah. there wasn't a lot of chances in the game really, but um, I, had, I think I had a couple, um, not not full chances, <laughs> I'd say half chances, but um, yeah, it's about the team today, you know, and um, we were buzzing and hopefully we'll do the business next week against Chorley. Yeah, sure, I mean, Chorley, I mean, that's a big one, and uh, I think I had a quick word with the manager, Jason Ames, yeah. he suggested that um, obviously your goal that sort of perhaps robbed them of the, the title, that, that they might be quite keen to, <laughs> um, well, obviously they'll be keen to do it yeah. anyway, because yeah, it's yeah, a final, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, obviously, yeah, if everyone wants to win in the final, don't they, but I think with the fact that we scored last minute to kill them for the league, it'll probably be that extra emphasis for them to, to try and win it, but it's just another one-off game, you know, it's 50-50. Um, we've got a good record against them this season, we've won twice. Um, so, it's like I say, it's 50-50 and hopefully on the day we can uh, turn up and I'm sure we are. We've got a really good record in, in uh, playoff games, you know, I don't think we've lost one in the last seven we've played in. So, we'll be confident going into it and see what happens. And chance to add another goal or two for the season onto your tally? Yeah, I've scored both times against Chorley, so hopefully it'll be a third time as well. It's as long as we win and whoever scores, scores, but uh, it'll be nice to score and win the game, yeah. And that was the National League North Player of the Year, Glenn Taylor and, and Chris Dickey. Well deserved, do you think? For me, I think so, yes. I mean, um, if you look at, at Spennymoor, to, to me, they're... they're uh, they're a lesser side when Glenn Taylor is. He's, he's an absolute focal point for them, and and he's difficult to keep out of games. So so for me, I think if you take if you take Glenn Taylor out of the Spennymore team, they're perhaps 
you know, not quite a playoff team, but with him there, they, they most definitely are. So I think in terms of, of the, the value that he has to them, then yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's a, he's a cracking player. He scored, actually scored a goal that damaged Charlie's title chances against um, the other day, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, one thing Jason Ainsley has said is that um, basically with Glenn Taylor's job, he's a teacher and he, he's got a, a, a young baby that they probably would be losing him in the summer, but he's comfortable where he is because there has been interest from National League and, and Football League Club. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of players like that, aren't there? Um, I'm sure Ian would be able to provide us some with some knowledge of, the, of that sort of thing as well. I mean, I know certainly at uh, Stockport County, they're looking at keeping a similar model they've just announced recently to what they do to what they're doing this season. They have a lot of guys who've got good jobs who like playing, um, you know. So-called part-time football. And after the game, Dickie caught up with the Spennymore goalkeeper, Matt Gould. Penalty shootout puts you under, in the spotlight, doesn't it, when, when that happens? Yeah, it's funny, because the lads were saying, oh, it's your side to shine, because I've saved a few penalties this season, but um, I didn't even look like getting one. And um, thankfully, they, the two lads hit over the bar, and I had to get the composure and scored theirs. Um, but it's a great way to win, isn't it? Yeah, what did you think, you know, sort of like the game over the, the 90 minutes? It was, it was actually a really time. exciting game. I think, but end-to-end, um, both teams... Both teams tried to <laughs> look to score. Um, I think they've they've had their good chances, and Boise had a good chance at the end. Unfortunately, missed. Um, but it was box to box, goal line, goal line, really. Yeah, sure. So you know, you got a week to prepare for a final now. Yeah, lads will look after themselves for the next few days, and then we'll train um, train later on in the week, and then. Look at, uh, start travelling to Chorley and hopefully we can turn Chorley over. Bit of celebrations on the bus and I think you've had a gift of some cakes. Yeah, from, uh... I got some cakes for the lads but like last time they ended up throwing it, throwing them at me so um, I'm not sure my grandmother will be happy if that happens again. Right, okay, if you're listening to this, um, uh, Matt's grandmother, we'll, we'll make sure that they do actually get <laughs> there in one piece. And uh, yeah, nice to, to have a few relatives here today supporting Yeah, it was, it was lovely. Um, I think they're going to come up for the final. Um, Obviously, dad's dad's had a game, so he couldn't come, and um, I think mum went to dad's game uh, um, away at Rotherham. So um, no, it's good to have them up, and I'm sure it's just nice that family are, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Congratulations, Matt. Well done today. Yeah, thank Thanks you so much. much. And that was Matt Golden. Even though, like you said, Dickie, he didn't get his hand to any of them. He probably put off the the Brackley players sufficiently enough that they didn't hit the target. Yeah, I think so. It probably also helped that he he had. A few hundred or so spending more town fans behind the goal where those penalties were being taken. It was probably like an extra, an extra barrier for any uh, any Brackley player taking those penalties. You know, he's he stepped up from from a level below this season. He moved from Stourbridge. Um, and and has done really really well at Spennymore. Uh, yeah, he he had family there as well. Yesterday he had his uh, his grandfather, who's the the former Wimbledon manager Bobby Gould, was there to watch him. And I know uh, he, he very much enjoyed his grandson's performance too. Bristol, I brought his other granddad as well. Right. So there's two of us. Um, granddad as I doesn't think he's going to make next week at Chorley, but I will. Right, okay. Be, I saw the first game at Chester when when they, when they started the season. Yeah. So, but we've been in New Zealand since then. So. All right, okay. I know because um, I mean we know Matt a little bit from uh, Stourbridge because we yeah, used to watch yeah, him yeah. when he was down there. Yeah. And uh, then did family move up to. Up yeah, north, they went. Up, yeah, there? yeah. Jonathan and uh, Emma, her, his mum and dad went up to to live up in Herworth and everything. So, okay. So, yeah. Right, okay. Great, great afternoon for. The, the game of football at the moment, you know, and to see a game like that today, it's uh, it's, it's heartbreaking for the losers, you know, but uh, for the winners, uh, they, they they go another week in the season. Sure, and yeah, a lot of pride for watching. <laughs> oh watching yeah, that yeah, perform, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we uh, I've watched him, and uh, since he was a young young boy, really, I thought it was a better cricketer. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got, he got some of that too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, he, yeah, well, his uncle's uh, CEO now. I think he might open a few doors for him. <laughs> but no, he's, he's he's a lovely lad, nice natured with it, you know. And um, his dad and him have worked very closely together. They've got a great relationship as uh, father and son. And, as I said to Jonathan when he was uh, thinking of what to do, I says, you, you, you can't play outfield, because he played for Bristol Rovers when I managed there. I says, you can't play out the field, but you've got a great eyeball re- reaction, you know, and, yeah. and hand and everything. And he went on to have a wonderful career, so it, it's it's nice when you see that happen, and hopefully Matthew might get a chance. Yeah, that's wonderful. Cheers, Bobby. Thanks very much. Pleasure. pleasure to meet you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Okay, oh, cheers. So that was the legend 
legendary manager that is Bobby Gould, former Wales and Wimbledon manager, watching his grandson and guys, it's prediction time again. I know, I know, we love doing these. <laughs> Charlie versus Spennymore. Who do you think is going to prevail? Um, I'm going to go for Charlie, Luke. I think home advantage this time. I think they've got a point to prove after being beaten, like I say, a couple of weeks ago, and putting a real dent in Charlie's. Uh, title chances and I think that uh, I think that that home advantage is, is going to tell yeah if, if I'm pushed to, to name somebody and that's exactly what you're doing then then I think it surely are, are marginally the stronger and and having finished second in the league and lost out as well that there's a part of me feels that it would be justice as well that surely got their chance over Spennymore but um yeah if Spennymore they look they went and got a result yesterday at Brackley when perhaps they weren't expected to. If the game goes in a similar way, then then it's anybody's, isn't it? Well, congratulations to Spennymore then. (laughs) (laughs) Ian, I mean, is it, as a player, is it when you finish second and you know you're in the playoffs, do do you feel, is it a bit of um, a mental blow in a way that maybe Charlie will have suffered and do you think they're thinking, oh, why why do we have to play all these games and it does give the team lower down a bit of an advantage or is that just nonsense? Um, uh, Yeah, I think it's a bit nonsense, to be honest. Um, There's kind of, there's a, a bit of a myth that the team finishes in the lowest lowest position in the playoffs go on to win them but yeah like I say I think that's a bit of a myth and um, it's who turns up on the day playoff finals are all can always be cagey affairs a lot of tension a lot of pressure we all know what's at stake the bravest shall we say will come out on top and and personally for, for reasons mentioned previously I'm hoping it's surely there we go, a clean sweep on Charlie then. So we're going to move on and look at the National League South playoffs now. Hi everyone, I'm Martin Tyler. You are listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And in the National League South playoffs, there was only one game played in the Eliminator. That was Wheelstone, who won really well at Bath, which meant they went to Woking on Sunday. A game you were at, Ian. And uh, it was an entertaining game, it was fair to say. Uh, yeah, it was. The drama was entertaining. The actual the, the quality of the game for the neutral wasn't one of the best this season, shall we say, being kind. But no, I think um, the, I think the result was slightly unfair, really. Um, Wheelstone, who, ha- who had that fantastic result against Bath, um, they did sneak in the playoffs on the last day and um, playing under Bobby and knowing a lot of those players, they they were my tip to actually win the win the whole playoff. And yesterday they've given a great account of themselves. So two 0 up. 15 minutes to go and um, just sort of ran out of a bit of steam. They managed to keep the Woking crowd very, very quiet throughout the game. But as soon as Woking got that first goal, the the noise levels rose. Um, There was only one winner, really. And um, yeah, the drama was good. Um, Fair result, no. Woking need to be a lot better in the final. I was going to say, and you um, you know Bobby quite well. Obviously, he was at Hungerford before you took over, and um, he's a, we've spoken to him before on the podcast. He's a passionate man, and he would have gone through every emotion, but he would have been really hurting, wouldn't he? Especially over the last sort of twenty four hours. Yeah, definitely. Knowing Bobby as I, as I do, he's um, he's extremely passionate. That rubs on, off on people around him. And um, you, you can see that in, in the style his teams play. I thought Godfrey Poku, who's been outstanding for them all season, really ran that midfield yesterday. And um, like I say, they, they were my tip to go up. Um, but but they, they, in the manner of defeat, they, they, they will be hurting. When the dust settles, they've got a sort of reflect and look at what a remarkable season they've had because they've had a lot of problems off the pitch as well, Wheelstone, and they've all kind of come together towards the end of the season and, and um, it was bitterly disappointing for them yesterday. It's funny you mentioned Godfrey, uh, Godfrey Poku because uh, he's a player you had at Telford, wasn't he, Dickie? Yes, he was, and he was very popular with the with the fans at Telford. I think probably exactly the same qualities that... Um, that Ian saw yesterday and has probably seen at, at various points in, in watching Wilston are exactly what he brought to Telford. He's very, he's very wholehearted. He's very committed. Um, and, and the fans just absolutely love him for that reason. And Alan Dowson, I know he felt the, uh, they got out of jail. He said he changed his approach a little bit in terms of his team talk. He didn't go in and, and lay down the law. He kind of let the players sort it out themselves and woke in. I mean, was it a bit of a, of a surprise 
um, that they came back in because they've been in a really bad run of form since they, they lost that Torquay game, really. And you wondered how it was going to affect them. At 2-0 down, you felt like the wheels were, were properly off, but they've somehow found that strength to recover, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They conceded two set pieces, which was quite surprising considering they've got um, Ben Guerin and Diara at the back. So um, that was a bit of a blow for them. But um, Armani Little in the middle for them, he, he's... he's a very, very good player, but he, he showed a lot of aggression as well. Um, and he never stopped and, and added to that the substitutions that Alan Dalton made. Um, the three subs that he brought on, I think that's what really changed it. And they, they finished it very, very strong. Dals used all his, all his experience there. And um, I, think, I think he's helped see them over the line. In the other semi-final, it was a, a dramatic game as well. Welling went 2-0 up against Chelsea City, only for Chelsea City to pegged them back. It was a mistake by the Welling goalkeeper, Dan Wilkes, which let Chelmsford in. But then a last-minute stoppage time penalty from Brendan Kiernan meant that it's Welling who progressed to the final. And there's a great quote from Steve King. He says, I wasn't confident with Brendan taking it. So there you go. Good to see you've got um, belief in these players there. But he did win it. And he also said it's his, um, it's his sixth time in the playoffs and it doesn't get any easier. But Welling... Wiley old manager Ian and that's going to be a cracking final between Woking and Welling and difficult to call yeah it is very difficult to call like you say um, Steve King's got a lot of experience at um, this level of football going as far back to his Lewis lose days I'm sure be, being with Whitehawk last season and them going down, he's going, he's going to want to make up for that. He, he's got some good, big, strong, experienced players in his in his squad as well. So um, I think that that's going to be a very, very tight affair. Um, Woking be well in in the final, and um, will home advantage sort of play a part in it? I think it might. That crowd get as loud as they were towards the end of the game from the start. Um, I think that's what could just edge it. Does the um, does the results over the season between the two teams have any influence? Because Welling haven't beaten Woking in the two games this season. Will that have any impact? Or like you say, is it just a one-off game and, and form does go out the window in that sense? Um, speaking from experience, I'm going back a few years ago now. Um, we lost heavily twice to Merthyr Tidfield. Yeah, we got promoted from the Southern League, but we beat them in the final. So... Um, I think it's a bit of a bit irrelevant. It's a one-off game. It is a cup final. Again, it'll be a tight, cagey affair um, with a lot of tension in it. And it's um, who, who holds their nerve and makes the least mistakes, really. Um, and like I say, I think home advantage will play, play a big part. Alan Dowson's experience, I think Woken will just get over the line. There we go. So it's a, a Woking win. I know, Chris, you tipped well in at the start, didn't you? Two of your teams have fallen, but Welling is still in there just... <laughs> Yeah, just. I mean, um, my tip is is uh, is probably not what they want. So uh, <laughs> I'm just going to sit on the fence with this one. <laughs> just talking of the National League South. I mean, we just got to congratulate you, Ian, as well on um, Hungerford staying up. I mean, you kind of floated around the bottom three towards the end of the season, but you were always within touching distance. Thing you got that. We, we spoke to you the week before the Torquay game and you said you were going to go down there and enjoy it. You went and got a, a brilliant three points and then managed to just get over the line against Dees Thurrick in the end. Yeah, Torquay was a fantastic day. Um, we, we rode our luck a lot. We could have been four or five down in the first half. Our keeper was fantastic, um, but the lads showed a lot of resilience, stayed in the game and um, we scored a crucial 90th minute winner, um, which obviously helped set up um, the last game of the season to be in our hands. But um, no, it was a similar position we found ourselves in last season. But um, we only had two two members of the two senior members of the squad stay from last season, so it's a brand new group put together. And um, early on in the season, it, it was tough. We conceded six at home to Chelmsford, six away at um, Concord. But we managed to pick up a few few results here and there on the early part of the season to, like you say, keep us in touching distance. And um, the, the longer the season went on, the better and better the, the group of players got. Credit to them as a young group because they are young, but there's a lot of good footballers in that dressing room. And um, just really pleased that we stayed in this league with the new owners now. So hopefully we can sort of look a bit further up the table. I was going to ask you about that because I know there's an appeal that went out for more investment. I know you said you you had a contract for this season, but it would have, for, the, for this coming season, but it would have been impossible for you to carry on in the current state that it is. So, uh, just give us a bit more of an update on that, and will you be able to keep your squad together? Um, yeah, so we've got new chairman, a new chairman, new vice chairman, Patrick Chambers. 
and um, Carl Reader, and they've stepped forward. They're local businessmen. Um, they know of each other through business. Um, they've got a long-term plan for the club, but they, they want to do more for the community, go into schools. And I think what's key as well is they won't spend what they haven't got. So um, I'm going to have to work on a shoestring budget again initially, which is fine by me because um, you see so many football clubs overspending and, and sort of going out of business nowadays. And I don't want that for Hungerford because I've been there a long time, although I would like a bit more money to spend on the playing side. But um, <laughs> but no, the, 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 the young group we've, we've managed to sem- assemble with um, the help of Kevin Watson, my assistant, is um, like I say, they keep getting better and better. And the more of them I can keep, um, the better it is for us. But um, I'm sure some of them have got aspirations to play higher. Um, but hopefully we can keep mo- most of them together for at least one more year. You've hung your boots up as well, haven't you, Nelly? <laughs> Just concentrating on managing. Yeah, yeah, I have. It's, uh, like I say, because of that budget, the, the coaching staff's wages come out of that as well. So I've got a physio and um, just me and Kev Watson. So playing as well, it was getting a bit getting a bit too much, and um, you take your eye off the ball with certain things. Um, the idea behind it was giving the young squad a bit of experience, but but when you preach into them what you want to do and you can't do it yourself anymore, <laughs> I think it I think it's uh, time to step back a little bit, and um, it's 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 proved to be the right the right decision. Excellent. Well, we're going to move on now and look at the Step 3 playoffs and see who's joining the National League North divisions. And we'll have a look at that now. Hi, my name's Steve Claridge. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And we'll go back to the beginning of the week. Met Police played Salisbury in their eliminate as well. Met Police came out on top and... Tom Lang was there. He caught up with both managers. We're going to hear from an upset Steve Claridge. With uh, Steve Claridge after what I've already described as being a hard-fought uh, 3-2 defeat away at Met Police in the playoff semi-finals. I thought that Salisbury were on the front foot and were looking the better side we in the first half of the game. Met Police had gone into a, two goal, into a one-goal lead yeah. and then a penalty, um, which was probably the turning point in the game for me. Um, what was your view of that? Incident. Well, I, I, I still, still, uh, till the day I die, I won't understand why he did it. Uh, we won all, we dominated the game, we had four great chances. Yeah, we've dominated the whole of the game. I mean, it's, you know, just we're the only team in our league who could, who could play like that and get beat. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. What he's done, I, I don't know. The boy's on the ground. Um, he's had a little nibble at him, and then he's just absolutely kicked him. Uh, and you just can't do that. And I, I have no idea in the penalty area why would you, why you do that at one all. You know, when we're dominating the game, we had four great chances. I have no idea, and, and I don't think he can. He can't tell me either. I don't think. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? As a manager, yeah, yeah. obviously, you do everything you can. Um, Gavin McPherson's been very complimentary when I've spoken to him earlier in the season about Salisbury um, and the football you play. How does it feel on the touchline when you give your best plans and then yeah. something like that occurs? I don't know how you legislate for it. it makes you just, just, just fed up, sick to death of. Um, of giving away silly goals and you know, losing games of football that we dominate, and we've done it all season. You know, that's the you know, the chance after chance to put the game, get ahead. If we go ahead, we win the game comfortably, no doubt about that. But every time you're giving away stupid goals like that, you're just giving yourself an absolute mountain to climb. And I'm, I'm so I just I can't believe that we've lost that game, um, and I'm really just really disappointed because these boys were played really really well tonight, so they didn't they didn't deserve that. I mean, I've spoken to you earlier in the season um, when the Braintree game got called off and your passion for the club and the ta- and the city really shows through. Um, do you think that because you care so much about the football club that you wear these defeats harder than other managers might? Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, it means, you know, I've been in the game a long time. So, you know, I've, I've, I've wanted, to be, wanted to be a manager for a long time. I've worked incredibly hard just to get to get this job. So, um, yeah, it, it is it's desperately disappointing because... Uh, as I say, if it's a game that we um, we lose and we you know and, and we lose against a better team, then I'd, I'd say fine. But it's not. It's a game that we've dominated. It's a game that we've beaten ourselves. We haven't been beaten by the opposition. We've beaten ourselves. So um, that's the disappointing bit. And you know, if we go out to a better team, I'll say fine. But tonight, you certainly couldn't say that. I mean, of course, uh, disappointment is going to be the overriding emotion at the moment. Um, but looking at it from a wider perspective on the season. The club's I mean, been in existence for under five years. Yeah, it's, it's been tough. We've had four years. We had a promotion playoff, promotion playoff, and um, it's always, you know, it doesn't matter where you start, it doesn't matter what 
what the you know what the club is. I mean, some people get carried away with the size of our club. You know, we only we average 600 people, so I don't quite know where that puts you, but um, you know, sometimes expectation you know is such that it's, it's, it's quite difficult for players to deal with. And I thought tonight we relaxed into the game. I thought we played really well, and I'm just. As I say, I'm just incredibly disappointed that we've lost a game of football we should have won. And that was Steve Courage and Ian. Obviously, Salisbury is another club close to your heart. And Steve Courage was absolutely distraught what went on. And he wasn't happy with his players either, especially the player who gave away the penalty. Um, yeah, I spent I spent sort of the, a good part of my playing career there. I was full-time for two years at Salisbury. And um, it is a club I hold close to my heart. And they, they've had a lot of trouble. Um, financially um, over the years and Steve Claridge we all know what he's done in the game and he's, he's assembled a good a good squad of players down there and he'll be bitterly bitterly disappointed at what's happened but I'm, su- I'm sure they'll be back stronger than ever next season and he'll be wanting to get them out of that league Yeah and there was also a bit, a bit of criticism to our Steve Claridge from the Salisbury fans I mean you look at it he's been in charge four seasons I think and he's gotten two promotions and two playoffs and it's really harsh. You sometimes wonder what what fans want, and also sometimes success can be a, a bit of an evil for you in the end, can't it? People expect success. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, the Salisbury supporters have had taste of being in the Conference National on on various different occasions, and and yeah, that success can be can be bring us um, different pressures to managers, success of the club, or the the personal success that the managers had. Um, and but I'm a firm believer, especially someone like Steve Claridge, you, you give him time, um, especially with players. There's so much turnaround with in playing personnel at every club up and down the country. And um, I'd like to see more managers stay in jobs long. But that's not that's not just because I'm a manager now. But I think I think clubs need stability, and um, especially with a manager like Steve Claridge, I'm sure it, they'll be stronger than ever next season, and um, they'll be my tip to get out of that league. Yeah, Met Police. As at the time of recording this, are taking uh, place in the final. They are in the, the final of of their um, of their playoff, but then they have to play another game later on, another Super Playoff, which we'll get into because there's a similar situation in the Evo Stick Prem, isn't there, Chris, where Warrington Town surprisingly went up to South Shields and won, but they faced the winner of Kingsland versus Alvachur, and then Warrington play the winner of that at Warrington next Saturday, and the winner of that then gets promoted. Keep It's hard to keep up, isn't it? I'm, I'm lost already, Luke. I might have to ask you to say that again. <laughs> no, only joking. Um... I think the result that I will focus on is is obviously Warrington going up to South Shields. Now, we've seen those teams a few times this season. Um, we've seen South Shields rise up through uh, through the divisions in recent seasons, and they were really strong, and I think we tipped them to be going up this season. So for Warrington um, to go up and win, that's, that's exceptional. They're a really tough team, Warrington. Again, I think I saw them, I think I remember saying to you, Luke, in about August or September, after I'd seen a few teams saying that Warrington are going to be some force to be reckoned with uh, this season. And, it, and it's, it's proven. And, um, in, you know, I think they will have a good chance, uh, good chance of actually going up. Yeah, you'd fancied him at home, wouldn't you, Chris, against either Kingsland or Alve Church, wouldn't you, in that, in that f- super final? Yes, yeah, tough place to go. They've got they've got really good support there. And one thing I will say is that it's so difficult. You can't play through the middle against them. They're so tough at the back. It's um, you have to sort of try and get round them um, somehow. Um, but yeah, it, it's a tough place to go without a shadow of a doubt. Excellent. Well, that is it. Thank you very much for joining us, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers, Luke. Dicky, thank you. You're very welcome. And Ian Herring, thank you very much. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and uh, good luck. I know you've got a baby on the way, so uh, best of luck with that. Cheers, appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify, and then you'll get it loaded to your device every week. Tweet us at NL Full Time as well. And then me and Rob will be down at Wembley for the National League Playoff Final, and we'll round up all the playoff finals next week. So until then, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you all very soon.